0: Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today we are going to be talking about getting out of the echo chamber because whether you realize it or not, you're probably living in an echo chamber and that can actually have some serious impacts on you and your career. So today we're gonna jump in and talk about that And I'm also gonna share some of my thoughts on the recent 2021 Pulse of Internal Audit uh, survey that just came out. So with that, let's cue the episode. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader And now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode. Hey, uh, today, before I get started, I want to do a shout out to Dani, uh, who sent in uh, some information. She's been listening to the podcast for quite a while. And I just wanted to share it with you because, you know, you might feel like she does. Uh, She says, you know, we're led by the Chief Compliance Officer and Director of Internal Audit, neither of whom have an audit background or certification. Your podcast has allowed me to fill the knowledge gaps from working in such an environment. I wanted to reach out and share my appreciation for the knowledge you're sharing to help our profession. Well, Danny, I want to thank you for actually reaching out. Uh, because it means a lot when people actually reach out. Let me know you're listening and let me know uh, what you're liking about the podcast. So if you are listening regularly, a couple things that you can do for me. First off, make sure you subscribe to the podcast in your favorite uh, podcast app or that you're watching it on the website wherever you wherever you choose to go. listen, like it, connect with me on LinkedIn as well. And uh, just like Danny did, let me know that you're actually uh, listening to the episodes uh, when you send me the connection request and let me know what you're enjoying the most so I can keep doing more of that and keep serving you, uh, my listeners. So with that, okay, now let's get into talking about getting out of the echo chamber. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, Jason, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have never heard that term before. So what an echo chamber is, is effectively when you are kind of in a bubble where all you can hear and see are the things that are going on right around you. Now, why that can be so difficult or so challenging for you and actually, end up hurting you a lot of times is you are only familiar with those things right in front of you, just those people that you may be uh, interacting with, just the certain media that you may be following as well. And again, you know, not to get into things like fake news or other stuff like that, But we've seen a lot where, you know, when people just focus on getting information from one source, sometimes that source is not correct, or they have spun things to make you believe what they want you to believe. And again, you can see how dangerous that can actually be. So that is an echo chamber. Now, some people um, also use the term of group think. You know, again, when you're trying to do things like brainstorming, trying to work through decisions, sometimes groups will enter into what is called group think, which is, again, everybody in the group just kind of thinks the same way. And so because of that, they have difficulty, uh, you know, in actually being innovative or coming up with solutions because everyone in the group thinks the same way, okay? And so that's how these are actually tied together. And so as I, as I mentioned to begin with, you probably don't even realize it, but I will bet that you are like most people and you're probably living in an echo chamber and you're listening to a lot of group think. Now that's fine, right? If, if, if everybody and every, everything that you're hearing there happens to be true. But like I said, more times than not, not everything is true. And so again, I want you to think about that, you know, just for a minute, right? Because again, maybe there's certain celebrities or other influencers that you like to listen to. Are they right all the time? Probably not. Do they always, is everything they say something you agree with? Probably not, right? And again, even though you might agree 90 or 95% of the time with somebody, they can't be right 100% of the time. Now, I'm not going to be the the pot calling the kettle black either, because I will tell you, I am not right all the time. There are going to be some things that I say that you think, Jason, you are crazy. That is not true. Okay, and if that's the case, I respect that, right? I don't expect anyone to just believe what I say. I say things sometimes to get you to think because I wanna knock you out of that group think or that echo chamber that you happen to be in. I wanna shake you up sometimes and get you to think, well now hold it, is that right? I want you to go out, I want you to do your own research, make up your own decision and have your own opinion about things, okay? Now, uh, I'm <laughs> later on in the episode, I'm gonna get a little bit more into, as I said, the Pulse of Internal Audit uh, report that just came out. I have my own opinions about that and I'm going to share them with you. Some of those opinions you might agree with, others you may not. And so again, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you to do anything. If you like what I'm saying, great but you should figure it out for yourself as well okay now just to get in and talk a little bit more about group think and being in an echo chamber let me share with you a little bit about my personal story and an echo chamber that i was in for a long long time okay so i grew up i was born in boise idaho which is, you know, it's a smaller area. There's maybe 500,000 people there now. There was maybe 200,000 when I was growing up. And in that, it's, it's a rather rural area uh, in the United States. It is also uh, very homogenous, meaning that there, there wasn't a lot of diversity there. Um, you know, again, most of the people were white middle class. Uh, in fact, I think in my, in my high school uh, graduating class, we had about 400, 500 people in my graduating class. I think we only had four or five uh, Black students in my graduating class. So growing up, I was not exposed to a lot of things like, you know, racial diversity. I wasn't aware of that. I did not know that because growing up in Boise, meant that I was living in an echo chamber when it comes to things like racial diversity. Now, I also was raised Mormon. So I was born into the church, my parents were Mormons. And so every Sunday we would go to church, You know, every Wednesday I would go to youth activities and really everything in our family life revolved around the family and around the church. So for years and years and years, all I got taught was things that my parents believed, things that the church believed, okay? So again, you can start to see how, as a young person, I was living in an echo chamber, because I was only hearing things from my parents. I was only hearing things from my church leaders, okay? So what do you think I believed? I believed what I got told, right? Why, because that was the only thing I knew and I didn't actually question anything, okay? So again, I grew up that way, very sheltered uh, in, in in a lot of ways. Now, as I went off to college, I started to broaden and see things differently. But again, for part of my adult life, I continued to be Mormon and carried forward a lot of those things, right? Until I started questioning, I started seeing the world differently. I started having different experiences that opened my eyes to realize that what I had been taught and that echo chamber that I was in, I didn't agree with. In fact, there were several different kind of inflection points uh, in my adult life where, you know, one after another of these basic beliefs that I had been taught got chipped away. I realized I woke up and realized I don't believe what I'm being taught. And why don't I believe it? Because I've done research. I've traveled the world. I've talked to lots of other people and I realize that 99% of the world did not believe what I was taught, okay? Now, it doesn't mean everything I was taught is wrong, but there were certain things that were uh, were not true and things that I even deep down did not believe, but I went along with for a while because that's what I was taught. So I'm gonna pause now in that. There's, there's an example of a personal echo chamber that I was living in for a long time. So the first thing with anything is once you recognize it. So again, once I recognized I was living in an echo chamber, I chose to get out of it. I chose to leave the church. I chose to move away from Boise so that I could start experiencing the world that was outside of the little bubble that I happened to live in. I started traveling the world and have literally been on six of the seven continents, right, or I guess, no, five, because if you count Antarctica, okay, five of the seven uh, continents and have met and have friends literally all over the world. And so as a result of that, even today, I don't live in that same echo chamber, because I have learned and taught myself to see what is actually going on in the world, instead of just being told by people and believing what other people tell me. So, one of the points for our discussion today, I don't want you to believe people just because they happen to be someone in a position of authority research it, figure it out yourself. If you don't agree with it, then don't go along with the bullshit that they might be sharing, okay? So that's the first thing. And if if you're recognizing again that you find yourself in that echo chamber, it's time to break out of the bubble, okay? So if you're recognizing it, it's time to start breaking out. Now, I shared the example of religion in an echo chamber that I was in in my life. Now, many people also are in echo chambers professionally. And just as much as a religion, some people view certain organizations like the Institute of Internal Auditors as a religion or as a church. And they choose to believe and follow all of the dogma and everything that comes out of certain organizations. Again, it can be that organization. It could be other organizations as well. I'm using this as an example, okay? But what happens is a lot of times, you know, again, and if I go back to my experience growing up in the Mormon church, a lot of people, for example, you know, one of those inflection points was a vote on a marriage that was going on. And a lot of people in the church said, well, how does the church want me to vote? Seriously? How does the church want you to vote? That's not how you should vote. You should vote based on your consciousness, okay? And so because of that, again, if you are attaching yourself and living in certain echo chambers, you are effectively choosing what that other group or that other person is expecting you to do instead of thinking for yourself, okay? So if you find yourself in that trap, stop it, stop it, stop it, it. start thinking for yourself and make your own decisions and your own choices because life is choice you have the opportunity to choose to believe, not believe, do or not do whatever you want to do when you take that power and you actually consciously choose to do it. So don't give your power away to other people or to other organizations, okay? So with that, I hope you got that. If you didn't, go back and listen, and I'm probably going to repeat myself again anyway. But with that, I wanna kind of switch gears a little bit uh, and talk about the pulse of the internal audit uh, report that just came out this last week. Now, why am I talking about this in this episode with echo chamber? The reason is a lot of people are gonna read this report that was developed in an echo chamber that came out for certain particular reasons and they're going to believe this. They're going to read this and believe it like the Bible or the Torah or the Quran or whatever other holy text that people may believe in. And what I want you to do is when you read it, when you listen to my opinions about it, I want you to think, Hmm, that, does that make sense? What Jason's saying? Does that make sense when I read that? If it does, again, I want you to consciously choose to believe it based on your research and what your opinions actually are, okay? Before we jump into this though, you might have heard me say this before, you might not have, but let me tell you a couple things about surveys and about benchmarking that typically end up hurting people. Any survey that is done is skewed based on the recipient or based on the people who respond to the survey. Okay, so I'm gonna give you an example from politics because I used to be involved in politics back in my earlier days. Now, if you are running a political campaign and you want to, for example, use certain statistics from a survey in your advertising or your campaigning, you are going to skew the survey results. So for example, and again, this is just generic example, nothing one way or the other about this because I'm not political. But if, 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 for example, in the United States, okay, if I am running a democratic campaign, I am going to want to survey people in the most liberal democratic heavy areas of the country to be able to get the responses I want to put into my ad. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going here? Okay, same thing, if I happen to be a Republican, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm going to go to the more conservative, more strongly Republican areas, and I'm going to survey those people. Why? Because I wanna say things like 80% of people believe that my candidate is the right choice for the state of Texas, for the United States, whatever it is, right? So I'm gonna go find people that are going to give me the results I want. Now, you might not have realized that's actually what people do. And in fact, it's done in politics all the time. It's done in business all the time as well to be able to get most of those fancy statistics that you're actually seeing. So again, another cautionary tale. If you see certain statistics, Cry bullshit to begin with and then go and figure out if it actually makes sense. Okay. So again, that's how a lot of times the respondents and 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 people actually use those surveys. So be careful anytime you are looking at surveys to make sure where who are those people that they were actually um, surveying? And does that actually is that actually a good representation for the statistic that they're trying to spew to me? Most of them are done for marketing. Again, when you see certain things, especially that come out from professional service firms or other people that are using it for marketing purposes, there's probably some spin behind it. And so again, just be very cautious. Don't believe it as scientific proof. They're just trying to use a lot of times those percentages and other things to move you a certain way. Now, some other things in general about surveys, about benchmarking, about maturity, levels and maturity models. Maturity models, most of the time, again, are used as a way to sell people services or to get them to do things in a certain way. So again, be careful of maturity models. The other trap that a lot of people fall into with maturity models is they believe they have to be at the top all the time. So it's like we're back in school and, oh, I have to have an A when most organizations are fine having a C. Okay. So be, be aware of that. Um, again, if your maturity is not where everybody else says advanced maturity is, it doesn't mean that's where you need to be. Okay. I mean, take me as an example. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm a middle-aged man, but I'm not that mature in a lot of ways because I choose not to be mature in some ways. Okay. And, and that's all right. It's perfectly fine to be that way. Now, the other thing, a lot of times, again, traps, people fall in with surveys, benchmarking as well, is they start comparing themselves to others, okay? That is, that is very dangerous when you start to do that because, again, you are not the same as other people who are being surveyed, and often believing you have to do something different just because everybody else is doing it may not be the right choice for you. Okay, but again, a lot of people get into compariditis, compariditis, that's the word that I just made up, by the way, uh, into comparing themselves with other people. And then usually what happens more times than not, they end up feeling bad about themselves because they're comparing them to someone else who is in completely different situation than they are. So as an example, professionally, and we'll get into this a little bit in the report, don't try to compare yourself to a an internal audit function in financial services that has 200 people in their department because what they're doing has absolutely no relevance on what you're probably doing with a group of maybe five or ten people okay so don't try to compare yourself to other people it's kind of silly to do that in fact it'd be like me uh you know (laughs) comparing myself to somebody Uh, you, you know, like a Steve Jobs or a, you know, Warren Buffett, somebody who has billions of dollars and think, oh my gosh, I don't have a Gulfstream jet. I'm just a big loser, right? Because I don't have that. Well, that's not even fair to compare because it's two completely different things. Okay. So again, I wanted to preface that a little bit here at the beginning before I start going through this, because as you're listening to what I'm saying, or if you go and download the report and read through it, um, I want you to make sure and temper what, you, what kind of things you would do or how you would feel from reading this as well, okay? So with that, now I'm gonna jump in. And again, these are my opinions. Uh, in general, uh, it's about a 45-page document and uh, I honestly felt sorry for the trees that I hurt by printing this out, uh, because this 45 page document could have probably been delivered in about three or four pages, but hey, that's what it is. Now, um, to start off with, I think one of the, um, you know, in the executive summary, one of the things that came up is summarized as a clear message from this year's Pulse data can be summed up in the maxim we are in the same storm but not the same boat." Wow, no shit, Sherlock, okay? Uh, If that's the whole message behind this report, you don't even need to read it. We already know that. And in fact, most of the information that is in this report are things you know already rehashed over and over again the same numbers are rehashed over and over again. Okay, now, just to to set the stage again, before we get going, remember I told you, be careful about who is actually responding to know whether or not this is actually real and whether or not it actually applies to you. So about 50% or a little over 50% of the respondents for this survey came from only three industries. So if you are in financial services, uh, which was 31% of the respondents, okay, a third of the respondents were financial services, which means this is a report very much skewed to financial service companies. So if you're not a financial service company, realize these results probably are not reflective of what you are doing and they shouldn't be reflective of what you are doing. The next two highest at 14% manufacturing, the third public administration. So again, those are governments. So again, the top three over 50% of the groups who responded to this are probably in completely different industries and have nothing to do with the kind of business that you are in. So because of that, temper, what you are reading in this, because it probably is not reflective of you or your particular industry. Okay, so let's get in here, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be turning pages here, so I'm going to be making a little bit of noise with the, uh, with the microphone as well, uh, but again, you know, the beginning of this talks about COVID. Hey, guess what, folks? We knew that COVID was impacting us. We knew it was going to. How is it? Well, unfortunately, in this report, it doesn't really talk about anything except budgets and staffing and how organizations were impacted based on COVID on those things. And in fact, there's actually some interesting things that I'll share with you about that because things didn't go the way people thought when it relates to that. But again, we already knew that, right? That's kind of old news as well. Now, one of the things again here from a budget perspective Um, that ended up being kind of interesting is there is a, a, a place in here where people were looking at what were the expectations that people had in June of 2020 versus the actual November 2020. So again, June, remember this was when COVID had very first kind of come in. Everybody was anticipating a certain thing. Well, what actually happened by November? And in fact, right? When you look at things like overall internal audit budget, uh, 45% of the people thought that their budgets were going to decrease. However, only 36% of people actually had their budget decreased. Okay. So we were over, we were worried more that they were going to get decreased. In fact, 20% of budgets during that time got increased. Okay, so what does that tell you? We were worried that the sky is falling. We're not spending any money when at the end of the year, 20% of people's budgets actually increased. So if your budget increased, spend it. Go, you know, go do what you need to do with it, right? But the whole chicken little, the sky is falling at the beginning of this is not what happened. In fact, the same thing happened with concerns about internal audit staffing. So how many people I actually have, right? In fact, a lot of people thought that it was going to decrease. 27% thought that they were gonna to have to cut. What happened instead? 25% of people actually increased their staffing. Okay, so again, people aren't losing their jobs over this. 25% of the groups are actually increasing their, uh, their people. Now, Let me just kind of move on because again most of a lot of this is just kind of rehashing 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 of those same numbers and those same things over and over again but what i want to get to is the area about what they call section four risks and audit plan trends now again there's some really fancy graphs in here um, but what i'm going to tell you is as a result of one of the most unprecedented times in world history that we have had this last year with this global pandemic, all of the switching, all of the risks, things that are going on. What I will tell you from, again, this report is it appears that everybody's doing pretty much the same thing they were doing before. That, my friends, is a problem. If you don't think that the risks for your organization have not changed significantly under this environment that we are in, you are sadly mistaken in my opinion. But again, the risks that people are, are showing as their quote unquote high risks that they're focusing on, their areas where they are focusing their audit plan on have not changed significantly. In fact, the one that did change is financial reporting efforts went up. That is the one that went up, which means, again, at a time when we should be helping our organizations manage their risk better. Instead, the profession has moved to more compliance, and financial compliance areas. And in my opinion, that is hurting you. If you are one of those people that has done that, you just lowered the relevancy of internal audit in your organization, okay? And again, that was probably one of my biggest takeaways from this, and unfortunately, it just kind of reiterated to me the fact that most people are not actually practicing risk-based internal auditing. They are not actually adding a lot of value to the organization. They continue to stay stuck in compliance activities, being told what to do instead of actually leading, developing relationships that are deeper and stronger, and actually doing more work that is relevant and value added to the organization. Now, again, as I told you, ECHO Chamber, that report was filled out by about 600 people and those 600 people are very staunch IIA members and proponents. Okay, so again, that reflects the general love the IIA group, okay, and I don't know how how better to say that, but it's the people who effectively are probably believing or thinking, as I told you before, they're in an echo chamber, just like I was with religion, only their religion when it comes to the profession is everything that the IIA says. Now, I told you before that a lot of times people use this for marketing. Remember, the IIA is a business, and it's a very large business, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Do your research. uh, Find out what you think is going on, but more important, right, is choose. Make your own choices on what you believe and what you think is best for you, for your team, and for your organization, right? Auditing standards be damned with that. Do what is right for you, do what is right for your team, do what is right for your organization, and don't do things just because other people are telling you that that's what you should do, or because you read it in some survey or some report that either an individual an organization or a company puts out, okay. So we've talked a little bit about echo chamber. We've talked a little bit about the uh, recent pulse of internal audit document. Now I wanna wrap up with actually giving you some practical takeaways, because as I told you at the beginning, your life will be significantly constricted Uh, If you choose to live in echo chambers, when you break out of those echo chambers and actually see what is really going on in the world and actually choose to do things the way you think they need to be done, your life opens up for you dramatically and you have much more freedom and a lot of the stress goes away too, okay? So how do you get out of the echo chamber? Because as I said, leaving you with some practical things, because even as I told you to begin with, you might have listened to this and thought, Jason, you're full of shit. Well, okay, if you think I'm full of shit, fine, right? But I want you to think for yourself, and I want you to be able to support and, and, and uh, have a reason for why. Not, uh Jason, I don't like your voice, or I don't like the hat you wore. No, tell me why you think what I'm saying is not true, Why you choose to believe what you choose to believe. Okay. So the first thing is don't just listen to the people that are right around you, actually see what others are saying as well. Now, I'm going to give you an analogy for this. And again, I told you earlier, I was in politics and I would be in committee meetings. Uh, and I would come home at the end of the day, and I would watch the news. And I was in that committee meeting for two hours. I heard everything that went on in that meeting. I would come home and watch the news and wonder, hmm, what are they reporting on? Because I was in that meeting and that is not what was actually said, okay? So as an example, an analogy, If you want to know what is actually going on in the world, you should not look at one news source. Okay, did you hear that? If you want to actually know what's going on, you should not rely on just one news source. So, for example, if I wanted to get a better picture of what was really going on in the world, wouldn't I probably do something like read the Wall Street Journal? listen to CNN, listen to the BBC, maybe listen to Al Jazeera, maybe listen to, you know, a a Russian news service as well. And the more that I do that, and I start to see the different perspectives from different people, I can then choose and make my own decision based on what I'm seeing different people from different perspectives saying, okay? So that's your first takeaway. And again, use this in every part of your life, okay? Don't just blindly rely on what one person tells you. Go fact check them and uh, and, and look at other sources as well to see if it's corroborating. I mean, come on folks, if you're trained as an auditor, you should already know this, right? You don't just pick one form of evidence, you actually look and make sure and validate that, that, that it's actually true and look at it from different perspectives. Second one that you can do, right? So the first one, don't just see or believe everything that others are saying. Try to find other groups in addition to those that you're listening to and learn from them as well and then make your own choice. The second one, get into other groups or communities so that you can see other people's perspectives. Okay. So find other groups where you can actually join and get to know other people and learn other people's perspectives in those communities as well. Because I will tell you again, that will open your eyes more than almost anything. I told you I've traveled the world. I've met and talked to people from hundreds hundreds of countries. There's only hundreds of countries, okay? I used to kind of keep track of, and I I can't remember the totals now, but anyway, sitting down with somebody, hearing their perspective who lives on the other side of the world and has experienced something much different than you have will help you to understand much better than all the things that you can actually read. So finding those groups, finding those communities where you can actually interact with people that come from different backgrounds, that have different perspectives, will help you to get out of that echo chamber because you're hearing other people's perspectives. You're hearing other things that are actually going on in the world and that will make you much more informed. And then you can choose, again, to decide, am I going to believe what I've been taught and what I've been told or do I choose to believe something else. That's my hope for you, friends. Get out of the echo chamber however you can, because once you break free from your echo chambers, your life opens up. Trust me, I've done this religiously, I've done this professionally, I've done this socioeconomically, a lot of different ways that have opened me up and have made me who I am today, who can see things differently than most people do, because most people are only looking at it from one angle. The more angles you can look at, the more value you provide, and the better leader you actually are uh, in your own life, in your personal life, and in your career as well. So whatever you do, my friends, get out of the echo chamber, And I'll catch you on the next episode of Jamming with Jason. Have a great rest of your week. See ya. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast and you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, join the Briefing Leadership Program, where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com, Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.